You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. We'll talk some football. USC rumors yesterday following Carson Palmer's appearance here. Chris Sims will join us. And he's got some advice for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Jim Jackson, former NBA great, will join us. We'll talk about the Lakers situation. And is it just an aberration that LeBron James has become a three-point shooter? 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning. Good morning to our streaming partner, Peacock. Download the app. Watch the show for free all three hours. And our radio affiliates around the country numbering nearly 400 world series game one coming up tonight braves at the astros saints beat the seahawks 13 10 seahawks now two and five they were trying to survive this game they got jacksonville coming up then they have a bye week and then you have russell wilson coming back but they weren't able to do that last night not a pretty game at all the weather conditions and you had some poor quarterback play alvin Kamara was the star could have gone either way This is a game Seattle had to have. They couldn't muster any offense. The Saints' defense is formidable. The offense seems to be a one-trick pony, and that is get the ball to Alvin Kamara. And for some reason, Seattle couldn't take Alvin Kamara out of the game plan. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that coming up. When the Saints were at their peak with Drew Brees, it felt like that they could move up and down the field. And Drew was averaging around you know, 35, 38 passes a game. Now they're averaging 23. That's the lowest in the NFL. Jameis Winston, as the quarterback, the formula has changed. The defense is a whole lot better, and the offense less explosive. Now, they evolved as Breeze got older, but the passing game you know, went through Alvin Kamara last night. They don't have Michael Thomas. But, you know, you scrap and claw your way and come away with a win and a tough place to win, no matter how good Seattle is. And a decade ago, this would have been a tough night for New Orleans because they're built to move fast on that Superdome turf. And, uh, you know, this was a defensive win on a sloppy field. The Saints got five sacks last night, two on the uh, game-clinching stop in the final minutes. And, you know, they're four and two. It's one of those that record where you go, oh, okay, wow, four and two. A different team than the one we've gotten used to. Not necessarily bad. They just don't feel threatening right now. Here is Pete Carroll on the loss last night. Well, we've come in here a number of times here and uh, really had uh, very similar results in that we're we're not getting the game when we have a chance to get the football game that's out there for us and uh, it's really difficult because we're so close to, to winning games and and uh, we haven't been able to do it at home for sure which uh is a real shock yeah they haven't won a game at home this year here's sean payton on his quarterback Jameis did a good job, especially in that two-minute drill. That, that was significant when you can score like that and then start the half with the football. But I was asked at the end of the half, you know, why Alvin so much? And a lot of that was based on the, the depth of the underneath coverage. So Jameis was smart enough to, you know, keep dumping it to him. Typically, a, a good two-minute drill, there's, there's always a, an underneath throw or two to the runners, and, and this was no, no different. And I know with Russell being injured and probably not coming back for a couple of weeks, can they still salvage this season? Can they sneak in as that final wild card team? And if they don't, then what happens in Seattle? If anything, I still think that Russ is going to be on a, another team. 
maybe not next year, but soon. But I still want to know, you know, if you're Pete Carroll, Pete doesn't want to rebuild. He's the oldest coach in the NFL. They still have offensive weapons. They're just not consistent. You know, DK Metcalf had a wonderful touchdown, but that was it. I mean, that's half their offense there. Tyler Lockett, he's great. Two catches. Like something's missing there. Now, you can say the quarterback, but even when Russ is there, it still feels like something is missing there. I don't know, as they move forward, if Russ thinks he can win another Super Bowl. Because I'll go back to the interview that I conducted with him after the Super Bowl. He is looking at his legacy now. He'll be a Hall of Famer, but he wants to, he wants to be there with a couple of Super Bowl wins. You know, he missed the one where Malcolm Butler had the interception. And he sees Patrick Mahomes in another Super Bowl, Tom Brady in another Super Bowl. He, he has to look around, survey the landscape. The Rams are better. Green Bay is better. The Saints just beat you. Arizona beat you. You get into the two Super Bowl wins, it's a different category. You know, Eli Manning is going to the Hall of Fame because he's in the two Super Bowl win category. With one, he may not. It's really important for these quarterbacks you separate yourself from the, yeah, but Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, to I've got two. I, it, it, it's hard to look at somebody, even though Jim Plunkett was a long time ago, where somebody won two Super Bowls as a quarterback, and you say they weren't necessarily an elite quarterback. Eli became elite because he won two Super Bowls, and he beat Tom Brady, Bill Belichick in the process. That's where Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's got one. Missed out on another one. Is he going to get a chance? We think, or at least we thought, oh my God, they're going to be there knocking on the door for the next five to seven years. And then you have a season like this. Russell Wilson looks at this and says, where do I stand sort of in the you know, quarterbacking landscape as far as great quarterbacks? And he probably is getting lost a little bit. You know, he's on the sidelines as a cheerleader for Geno Smith. But now he's got to look at this and go, where can I win? Can I win a Super Bowl here? And I don't think he can. I think they have a couple of pieces there, but I don't think he can. We'll see what happens when he comes back, if they can salvage the season. But they could be staring at, you know, an 8-9 and nine season. You know, nothing pretty there. All right, uh, this program brought to you by the great folks at Panini Trading Cards, the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, collect them all. The official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts. Check out the new NFL Instant NFTS celebrating players and top performances at PaniniAmerica.net. Much was made of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave to a fan who had the uh, football Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass. Mike Evans gave it to a fan. That fan, Byron Kennedy, did talk about renegotiating his price, and he had this courtesy of the NFL Network. Would you like to renegotiate? Renegotiate, no, but maybe uh, play around a round of golf with Tom as a repayment. Okay. I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That's it. So you want a round of golf, nothing else? Like, you don't want to call plays next week against the Saints? You don't want a, a spot on the charter? Well, if I, was, uh, if I was calling the plays, we'd probably lose against the Saints. So I'll leave that up to the team. Okay. Uh, apparently, the Buccaneers 
listening to everybody else saying, wait, that's all you gave him? Well, they gave him a whole lot more. And, you know, it's one of those where everybody had a, a different reaction, it felt like. Well, if I'm a Bucks fan and I have that football, I would have given it to Tom Brady or the Buccaneers. Like, I wouldn't have thought, oh, my gosh, this is worth a half a million dollars. I think if you're a Bucks fan or a fan of, of a team and somebody says, hey, you know, can we get that home run ball back? Sure. You hope the team does the right thing. I, d- I wouldn't want to come off as greedy and like, no, that's it. Now, I did look at what they gave him and I was like, uh, is that it? But you can't say that publicly, privately. And then I think the Buccaneers probably went, ooh, we're not looking good here. Paulie, what did uh, Mr. Kennedy get? Well, uh, here's the upgrade. He got two season tickets for the remainder of the 2021-22 season, mm-hmm. a $1,000 credit from the team store, mm-hmm. a Mike Evans signed jersey and game-used cleats, two Tom Brady signed jerseys, and a game-used helmet. Helmet? Or a signed helmet. Doesn't look like a game used helmet. All right. One Bitcoin from Tom Brady, estimated worth of 63000 Very thoughtful of Brady to promote that brand. <laughs> but I thought it was brilliant that Brady gave him a Bitcoin because I didn't know he was in the Bitcoin business. So Brady, it, it's like free advertising for Brady. And uh, I, I was on the uh, town hall meeting with Brady yesterday with a group of NFL reporters And uh, he did talk about that. He said, you know, basically the fan lost his leverage when he gave the ball back. But I applaud the fan because in the moment, I would want to do what's right. Imagine you're in that stadium and it's a home game and you decide that you're going to, you know, put both arms on it and act like Marshawn Lynch and you're not going to give it up. I, I, you know, the fan would be, you know, the fans would be turning on you. I think he did the right thing. It's like, yes, here's the ball back. Then you hope the team does the right thing. Then the team didn't do the right thing. And then social media made the team do the right thing. Yeah, Paul. But I wonder at what point he realized the value of the ball on the open market. Because the memorabilia era era is here. Uh, If he would have realized at some point before he handed the ball back, like via his phone or someone that you could get a half a million dollars. Yeah, but it was so quick. It wasn't that long after Evans realized what he had done, and then they're like, "Uh, we got to go get that ball. Right. I don't think it's somebody saying, whatever you do, that's worth a half million dollars. Don't give it up. Let's just say if Tom gets to 700 (laughs) touchdown passes, that person is not giving that ball up because it'll be worth a whole lot more than a half million dollars. Now, that that's just my estimate, a rough estimate of what I think that if Tom Brady's first touchdown pass he ever threw to Terry Glenn is went for $450,000, I'm guessing Tom's 600 touchdown pass is worth a half a million dollars. Yeah, Tom. I like it. It's a finding like a lot of money in a wallet, you know, on the streets. You know, you don't hold it for ransom. I would think you'd make every effort to try to find that person. If the, and, and in this case, it's obvious who it belongs to, you know, as opposed to, you know, then you, like you said, you hope that they'll do the right thing and maybe they'll give you a little reward for finding the wallet. Thank you, Todd. Uh, what's the poll question today? Uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson trade rumors. This was, Paul had an interesting question. In the offseason, I think it's a trade. If if the Eagles have three first-round picks, possibly, if Wentz plays all year, would you trade those three picks for Russell Wilson if you're a team like the Eagles? If I'm Russell Wilson, I don't want to go to the Eagles. He wants to win. Wow. Why do you want to go to the the Eagles? 
Does he have a no? Tra- I'll look if he has a no trade. I mean, does he have a choice? Yeah, I guess he probably does. Yeah, I mean, you you can have a. You don't have to have a no trade to say, look, I'm not going to sign a contract extension with you. Yeah. I mean, you can you can certainly have somebody put out the uh, the feelers that I I don't want to go there. I mean, I know Deshaun Watson has a no trade, but basically said said to people, I I don't want to go to Philadelphia. If I'm Russell Wilson, I would look at Cleveland. If if uh, you know something happens with Baker Mayfield's negotiations, and there's a report today that the Browns are probably looking at making a an offer to pay him thirty million dollars or so a year. I don't know what leverage Baker Mayfield has, but if I'm Baker Mayfield, I love it there. You know, he can still make a lot of money with commercials. Um, but if you like that situation that you have there, if not, there are going to be plenty of people that you have to choose from. It might be Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it might be Russell Wilson. I'd make a run at Aaron Rodgers if I'm the Cleveland Browns. But I, I wouldn't let Baker Mayfield have the leverage on me. I'd say, hey, here. But you also have to decide. You know, are you going to spend $30 million on Baker Mayfield and and think that he can't win a Super Bowl for you? Because then you shouldn't be bringing him back. If you think he can win a Super Bowl for you, then, you know, give him a good contract. I wouldn't pay him top-end dollars. I mean, he should be in the average, you know, that franchise tag is going to be $40 million this next season. I just don't want to pay him. You've already picked up the fifth year. And then would I give him another year, you know, at the franchise tag? Like maybe, but I, I, I have to see more from him. And I don't know if we're going to because the receiving core, your offensive line, your running backs, like I don't know how good he can really be. I don't know what numbers to expect out of him. And I think that that's – I'd rather err to the side of – I'd, I want to bring in somebody else than to spend $40 million on my quarterback, who I'm still not sure of. Yeah, McLovin. Uh, by the way, the four teams, remember Russell Wilson? Yeah. They were the uh, the Bears, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. Yeah. So some of those teams are probably not eligible for next year. The Bears drafted a guy. Yeah, the Cowboys isn't happening. The Bears not happening. Raiders isn't happening. Maybe the Saints? Saints, maybe. But, you know, if you said to Russ, you can go into Cleveland? I'm sure he'd go, absolutely. No? Yeah, the Saints with Sean Payton, maybe he wants a, an offensive-minded sure. coach. Well, the Saints were making a run at Brady. Maybe they'd make a run at Aaron Rodgers. And then you always hear the Broncos, the Panthers, oh, the, the, the normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll settle on a poll question. We'll talk to Chris Sims. He'll join us coming up. He's got some advice for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a break. It's uh, coming up on 16 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. M-Drive. M-Drive is there to help you. Paulie, you need some M-Drive. I do. Oh, yeah. I lost. I dropped my piece of paper that I was asking you to vamp. Yeah, but you, pick, you picked me specifically. Yeah. We okay. thought you were grabbing someone from my table and going to deliver it to Paul. No, no, no. I do have extra M-Drive. I would like to hammer down some M-Drive right now. I would think that the back row, the person back left, could use some M-Drive. Could use a whole lot of that. Yeah, you could. And you should. You should try it. It's uh, packed with clinically tested ingredients. M-Drive supports healthy testosterone levels and help maintain lean muscle, giving you energy. Fight back against aging, and you can compete every single day. M-DriveDan.com. They deliver it right to your door. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Nothing to lose. You can also find M-Drive at Walgreens Rite Aid and Vitamin Shop. 
We all get old. Doesn't mean we have to act that way. M-Drive is not for everyone. It's for the driven. M-DriveDan.com. More strength, energy, T-support. Fuel your daily drive. Don't let age beat you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans build equipped, engineered to be ready for anything, go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. I've got some more information on the USC situation. You had Carson Palmer yesterday on the program, and he sort of let it slip out that USC is... You know, maybe kicking the tires on some people you probably wouldn't think would be interested in USC. Doesn't mean it's an offer. It was a hypothetical. I do think it's been discussed. But I'll take you back many years ago that I said on this show that if Brian Kelly didn't work out at Notre Dame, the next head coach was going to be John Harbaugh, the Ravens head coach. I was told that, that they were looking and they were considering possibilities. Brian Kelly has done an unbelievable job, the all-time leader in victories at Notre Dame. But they were looking at John Harbaugh to be the head coach at Notre Dame. So just, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll clarify some things that I learned, and that'll be coming up at the top of the hour about uh, what Carson Palmer said yesterday about Mike Tomlin and uh, other candidates at USC and James Franklin. I'm probably not well-liked in the state of Pennsylvania because I brought up James Franklin at USC, and now... We uh, have Mike Tomlin's name coming up as well yesterday. So my apologies to the state of Pennsylvania for nothing. Yes, McLovin. Feel free to insert Nick Sirianni into any college job offers you want. The Eagles coach. You want to get rid of him. Send him to Lehigh. I don't care. All right. Uh, Let's bring in Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host and, of course, an analyst for NBC Sunday Night Football. What was your reaction to Carson Palmer mentioning Mike Tomlin's name as a possible USC head coach candidate. Well, I was surprised to hear it. I mean, anytime you hear Carson Palmer talk about USC, of course, you you perk up a little bit. He did win the Heisman. He, of course, knows some of the, the big players at that school as far as, you know, the, the guys that are tossing around the ideas of who should, who should coach for their team. Um, Mike Tomlin... He'd be, I can't ever envision him making that move. I can't just because I think he's so ingrained in the NFL and that way of life. But I do think he could be successful in college. He's the best communicator I've ever been around, or at least one of the best. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. You know, he was in Tampa, one of the secondary coaches, uh, the secondary coach when I was there. And he's a great motivator. He really understands how to connect to people. There's no excuses or BS. And from that standpoint, and of course, knows football. Yeah, I think he could do it for sure. But uh, I, I just don't see it happening. I think he likes NFL head coach life and likes being the head coach of the Steelers. Either of those two teams last night any good? Uh, I, I mean, no, the Seahawks are not, they're not, that that's, you know, again, they'll continue to play tough and compete, but like, what, what is there to be, what's there to look at to be good? I mean, on defense. Okay. The two safeties are good. You know, I mean, Bobby Wagner's, you know, solid still, but getting up there in years, the Jordan Brooks linebacker, good. Nobody on the D line. You're going, Oh wow. You better game plan to stop that guy. Nothing, no corner to worry about. And then the offense offensive line average, you know, running back Chris Carson, not healthy. And 
I mean, with Russell Wilson out, the best thing they got going for their team is DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and it's like they almost go out of their way not to give them the ball. I, I don't understand that. <laughs> so that's crazy. I do give a little hope for New Orleans. I do, because I think their defense is legit, as you saw last night, and that will continue. But the offensive line can be overpowering. The pass game's a work in progress. Jameis is a work in progress right now, and so are the receivers to go along with it. So it's kind of a double whammy. And I think, you know, with Sean Payton, I have faith in him. I give them hope to be, you know, I think they can get in the playoffs. I picked them to be in the playoffs and be a pain in the butt once they get in there. If they can just get the offense rolling a little bit, maybe get Michael Thomas back, that would help. Okay, wait a minute. How long is Jameis Winston a work in progress? Well, he's a work in progress for, like, like life in the NFL away from what he did in Tampa. I mean, this he's is being year seven, though, isn't it, Chris? This is- I, yeah, I, I get it. You know, but you know, he got into a team there where, he, of course, he did some good things, and we know he did a lot of stupid things there too. But also, they they never really reined him in. So he's trying to rewire the robot here a little bit, as far as just protecting the football, doing the right thing. You know, hey, they're they're winning football games. It hasn't been pretty. Yeah, he misses some throws, uh, but we're seeing the stupid plays disappear. I think that's a positive. And again, like you know, you you saw last night. Hey, he threw a great go ball down the right side into Kenny Stills. I mean, I don't know. It's right in two hands. Catch it. A post route down the middle early on in the game. I don't know what the hell that Traquan Smith was doing. Mm. So. You know, they're not real talented at that position. He needs a little help there. And, yeah, he's not perfect within that offense. And I think Sean Payton, too, Dan, to your point, is is bringing him along slowly. He doesn't want to make it all about him and then him revert back to the guy he used to be and screw things up and screw things up for their football team. All right, if you're Russell Wilson, yeah, do you want to stay in Seattle? That's a uh, Florio and I spent a good portion of the show today talking about this topic because, uh, I mean, of course, he made waves on your show last year, mm. and I know people behind the scenes who have talked to Russell Wilson. He wants to be in a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes type offense. Seattle shows no signs of doing that. I mean, it's still yeah they got Shane Waldron from the Rams. It's still the same Seattle look. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense, and we just hope to have a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Oh, great. That's fun, Coach. That's what we're hoping for, just a one-score game in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, Russell pulls off magic. So he's got to be thinking about it a little bit or worried about it to a degree because I don't know if it's in their realm of, you know, realistic possibilities that Pete Carroll will let them change on offense and become anything else other than what we've seen really the the whole era he's been there. But I wonder, does Seattle want to keep him, and does Russ want to stay there? Because yeah, they, they could be I, two different answers there, and and maybe they want to – I mean, Pete is the oldest coach in the NFL. Does he right. Does he want to sit here and do what Belichick is trying to do in, in uh, New England? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a big big question. I I think we're I, I would not be shocked if we we're headed towards this type of conversation when the off season's over, where Russell's just like, hey, listen, it's coming to an end. You guys want to play defense and run the ball, and that's cool, and I respect it. But 
You know, I'd like to broaden my horizons a little bit and get into three, four wides, shotgun. Let me let the game be about me and me applying the pressure on defenses and play through that instead of let's play through the running game and defense. And then when we're down by four in the fourth quarter, just ask me to make magic happen. That's, that's a hard way to live. And that's what he's been doing there for a while. Talking to Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host and analyst for NBC Sunday Night Football. According to uh, ESPN's Dan Graziano, the Cleveland Browns are looking at an offer, contract offer, with Baker Mayfield. And uh, it would pay him in the mid to high $30 million per year to stick around. So maybe an 80% offer of what the going rate would be for a good to elite quarterback there. It's not Josh Allen money. It's not Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. If you're Baker... Do you – I don't know what kind of leverage he has, Chris. Sure. I mean, he's right. not Dak Prescott. Dak no, Pres- he's not. D- Dak passed on this, bet yeah. on himself, even got injured, and still ended up with his paycheck. Right. Uh, what would you do if you're Baker Mayfield, if that is the yeah, and, offer to stay? Yeah, I mean, and, and Dak, you know, even before the injury and up to that, played at a much higher level than people kind of wanted to give him credit for now. And, you know, now everybody's like, whoa, look how good he is. And it's like, no, he was good all along. They've just gotten better as a football team finally here. I, I would take it if I'm Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think your point's right. You know, again, what's the leverage that's out there? Do you really want to play that game? You're in a pretty good spot. You were the number one pick. They believe in you. You know, there's something to be said about that. And, hey, you got a team there that's, you know, of course, it, it is good. Hey, they're disappointing. They're four and three. They're one of the better rosters in football, but still, like, fixable and a lot of talent on both sides of the ball to where, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence. I I would take that if I'm him. And I think that's a solid offer by the Browns too, because you said it right. I mean, he's, he's not one of the five best quarterbacks. That's for sure. He's not in that class. And to me, like this is where the NFL and front office guys got to change a little bit. It can't always be next guy up. He gets more money. No, absolutely not. At some point, they got to draw a line in the sand, or we're going to have keep having Jared Goff issues with some of these quarterbacks, where they're going to go, "What the hell were we thinking?" Two or three years down the road, he's better than Jared Goff. I'm not trying to say that, but of course, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster with his play, you know, through his career. Uh, so I would take it if I'm him. I I would if I'm the Browns, I wait till the end of the year. Let Let's just see. Yeah. You know, you got right. the shoulder. You're going to have surgery. Um, you know, I, you're going to have other guys available. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo may be available. Russell Wilson, maybe Aaron Rodgers. You make a run at yes. him. Like a, I, you know, I hear you. Before I sign up, Baker Mayfield, and then I realize, oh, my God, we, we could have had – they wanted Russell Wilson a couple of years ago. Yes, they did. Because Seattle, from what I'm told, was going to take Josh Allen, and right. the Browns were going to take Russell Wilson. They were going to have a trade between, you know, yeah. th- those two yeah. teams. So yeah. I, I know Russ was open to that. Cleveland wanted him, and Seattle was ready to move on from Russell Wilson and get John. You imagine if that happened? Well, well I know. I know. I was one of the guys that kind of broke that that story there, and you know. But yeah, I mean, that's that's it's uh, it's uh, it would be amazing. It really would be. I mean, yeah, it would. It's, of course, at that time, you didn't know what Josh Allen was going to be. You knew Wilson was certainly one of the best quarterbacks in football. I'm sure. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know who got cold feet in that conversation and where that got slowed down there. Uh, but either way, the Browns went with Baker Mayfield. And hey, the way they play, I mean, 
they're not it's not it doesn't have to be quarterback centric right that's you know again the greatness of the browns is their run game it's the best offensive line in football it's the best it's the most well coached offensive line in football and with those two running backs healthy damn they're good they really are and maybe they just look at it too like okay yeah maybe you could get rogers or wilson or somebody like that in the offseason but there's no guarantee that happens and uh Maybe that opens up a can of the worms they don't want to deal with either. I I, I got to wrap my head around it more, but um, I understand them staying with Baker Mayfield. He is their guy. He has shown positive signs and played really well at points. It's just every time I'm sitting there ready to go, man, he's got it. He's awesome. He looks good. He puts two or three games together where I go, what the hell? I'm not sure if he does got it. And we're back to, you know, the same conversation and, you know, who knows better than them. And hopefully they do know better than us. He's a good quarterback with great marketing. I mean, that's that, sure. That, that's that's sure. what it comes down to. He, he appears to be a star, even though he's not, he doesn't play like a star, but, but no, he has, right. he has that presence. A um, couple other things here. Yeah. Your advice for the Kansas city chiefs and Patrick Mahomes would be, well, I mean, uh, you know, again, nothing new that you haven't heard. You know, of course, they got to show the ability to be able to be boring and execute and go on Breeze and Brady type drives that we used to see with New England and the Saints where it's 12 plays, 85 yards and, and bore some teams to where they get up there and start to play them differently to go, whoa, we can't just die a slow death or they're just going to surgically destroy us all game. But, but in a bigger picture, too. You know, I've broken this down on my podcast a few times and it reared its ugly head because I watched the film in this game this past week yesterday. Mahomes played his worst game as a pro on Sunday, hands down. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he missed some reads where I'd go, there's the first read, throw it. Yeah. He's kind of looking at the rush. His pocket presence is really, I think, the most concerning thing right now. He's leaving the pocket way too early at times. He's got to watch some Dan Marino, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow film and watch how they manipulate and move within the pocket. You know, right now, I think he got into some bad habits and I don't know this, but I'm just, this is me watching, you know, being Johnny nerd who watches football all the time. I think last year got him in some bad habits. They couldn't protect him the last seven or eight weeks of the year. So he was always floating around because he knew, man, somebody's going to come free. I got to buy myself some time. And this year, I mean, there's there's a bunch of plays in the game the other day where I go, it's it's perfect. Where are you going? People are open. The interception. He's got Tyree killed down the left sideline. He's, I mean, it's 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 what you want. But for some reason, he leaves the pocket. And the second read's open, too. And it's just a little of that right now to where he's not playing as true to form to the position as he's capable, and he needs to fix it because the offense is going to have to carry them. The defense isn't going to get much better. They're built for the offense to carry them. Expensive O-line, high-priced receiver, high-priced tight end, high-priced quarterback. It's on them to put the pressure on opposing teams and go off of that. It feels like we were looking at every team in the AFC North except for the Cincinnati Bengals. So you said, okay, (laughs) Ben coming back. They draft a running back. Maybe they got one more year of magic. All the Browns are loaded. You know, they're Super Bowl contenders. All the Ravens, they just beat the Chargers. They might have the MVP in Lamar Jackson. Then all of a sudden, Cincinnati comes to Baltimore. Now you can say trap game, but it's a divisional game. So I'm not buying it's a trap game. Um, Are you sold on the Bengals being the best team in the AFC North or at least a playoff team? 
Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on them being in the playoff conversation and that type of team. Uh, again, yeah, I didn't see this coming from the Bengals. I mean, I'm not going to lie. But I will say for the last, like, two weeks, and I think Football Night in America two Sundays ago, I said, like, listen, stop everybody waiting for, like, the floor to fall out here. It's not. They're here to stay. This is They're not going to fall apart as a football team. That's not going to happen. And I'm not saying they go to the playoffs, but they're playoff caliber for sure. You know, you look at their team, their offensive line, they're really big in the interior. They've gotten a little bit better every week. you got a star running back in Mixon. They have a good little offensive system where they draw up a few tricks every now and every week just to, to add to that. And, of course, Jamar Chase, is, he's uncoverable. I mean, he really is. He's in the conversation for the best receiver in football already as a rookie. If you play one-on-one, your butt's going to get burned. That's just plain and simple, let alone they got other guys in the passing tree there that are good too. And defensively, Dan, they got two big guys in the middle in Ogunjobi and DJ Reader, three athletic linebackers, two real good safeties, and some good cover corners. It wasn't a mistake they were toe-to-toe with the Green Bay Packers a few weeks ago. Yeah. They're, they're that caliber of a team, and I think they're going to be here to stay for, for the rest of the year. Uh, good to talk to you, as always. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Dan. Say hi to all those idiots back there with you, okay? Hey, hey Chris says, uh, hey, hi, idiots. Hi, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Hi. Yeah. It's uh, Chris <laughs> Sims, you. Pro Football Talk Live, co-host, NBC, Sunday Night Football Analyst. Packers might not have Devontae Adams on Thursday night. Had this been a Sunday game, he'd probably be able to play. But I'm not sure if this is next man up, step up against an undefeated Arizona team, but Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. And I don't know if we ding the Packers if they lose this game because they don't have Devontae Adams. What if they happen to win the game without Devontae Adams? What's that say about that team? And it feels like that team is, you know, sort of gaining confidence. You, you see this sometimes with teams where, you know, you start out slow. I'll go back to Tampa Bay. They were 7-5, and five, and then they didn't lose another game the rest of the year. And then they won the Super Bowl. It's sort of everybody figures out what everybody is going to do. And if you don't, if, you know, you're devoid of injuries – then, you know, you can kind of figure this out. This is who we are. You know, that's where I go with the Chiefs. The Chiefs should know who they are. They don't have good defense. They paid some guys to be good defensive players, and they have not been. You don't have an offensive line that you thought you were going to have. It's not that much of an improvement of what you had in the Super Bowl when you got absolutely roughed up by, uh, you know, Tampa's defense. They should realize this is who we are. This is how we can win, how we can stay competitive. Instead of saying, hey, this is how we've always done it. That's not going to work because you don't blow people out. Your defense is bad. Let's everybody stay in a game. And it comes down to a lot of one scores here. And you've been beaten by Buffalo. You've been embarrassed by the Titans. I think that's it's on. It's incumbent upon Patrick Mahomes to go. It's on me. What do I need to do? He's so confident. He's still throwing these throws, waiting for these big plays, and it's just not going to happen this year that way. And the sooner they realize that, the sooner that they can get back in the mix here. But until then, you know, it's like we're going to keep doing the same thing, and you're probably going to have the same result. Yeah, Paul? I looked at the betting line for Thursday Night Football. When uh, Devontae Adams was uh, scheduled to play, the Cardinals were a three-point favorite. The line doubled to minus six with the odds of him being out. 
And we did a thing a few years ago, impact of a certain player. Yeah. There's quarterbacks that can change the line up to six points, but a position player, three points is about the max. That shows how impactful he is. We'll take a break. We got our play of the day coming up. Once again, we'll have a little bit more on the USC job search, coaching candidates. There's some other names that I heard about last night and today, not just Mike Tomlin. And I do think that they're interested in Mike Tomlin. That doesn't mean Mike Tomlin is interested in them. It's different. You know, you have this job search and you have just names of interest. Hey, what about? Okay, put his name on the list. But we'll talk about that coming up at the top of the hour. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, my God. The play, the play, is the play. of the day. Runner left side, got it! Check this out. Gino under center on play fake. This time he's going to let it fly downfield. Reaching up, making the catch. It's been tapped. He could go 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. 84 yards. The defender fell down. And Gino Smith threw a shot to number 14 down the right sidelines. That's courtesy of Seahawks Radio Network. Geno Smith hitting DK Metcalf, 84-yard touchdown. That touchdown grab was the longest touchdown reception by a Seahawk since Matt Hasselbeck threw an 87-yard touchdown, and that was against the Chiefs in 2010. This is the longest completion of Geno Smith's career. That is your play of the day. Your play of the day is brought to you by the Breeders' Cup. From every corner of the globe, they come to the Breeders' Cup, the best thoroughbreds from around the world. One goal in mind, the title of world champ. Visit breederscup.com slash 2021 for more information. Catch all the action on November 5th and 6th only on NBC Sports. By the way, go to danpatrick.com and uh, our company store, Penny's Bang Biscuits. We have two different sizes of Penny's Bang Biscuits. Bite-sized treats, perfect rewards for training sessions or anytime you want to thank your puppy for good behavior. Biscuits are handmade from scratch using healthy, all-natural ingredients, and 20% of all Bang Biscuit sales given back to hand-picked partners in the pet industry. Very proud of what we've done with Penny's Bang Biscuits. Poll question, McLovin, what are we going to go with? Well, I already put up, who is more likely to be back with their current team next season? Mm. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, both or neither? I think people are confused by the wording of all that. <laughs> both is winning, but it's early on in the voting. That both will be back? With- I think people think that neither will be back and both <laughs> will be gone. I have to be honest, as I'm reading it, I don't know what the heck this means. It's a bunch of word salad. Yeah. What's I'm the little- answer, by the way? Okay, what's the question? Who's coming back? Are the, is, <laughs> um, is Aaron Rodgers going to be a Packer next year? And is Russell Wilson going to be a Seahawk? It feels like Aaron Rodgers is coming back. And I didn't think that was going to happen. It feels like everything is good right now. Everything's calm. 
Nobody's making any headlines unless it's for them and how they played. Not Aaron Rodgers. You know, no questions of his leadership or one of his former teammates saying something about him. Russ, I'm just not sure because it it just feels like they, you know, he was hoping for something a little bit more. I was told keep an eye on free agency, who they bring in, and they brought in they they went out and and, and made some moves there. It's just Russ being out, he comes back. Are they going to be any different? Are they going to make the playoffs? If they don't make the playoffs, what's that mean for him? What's it mean for Seattle? If they were willing to move on a couple of years ago and trade Russell Wilson to the Browns for the number one overall pick, and they were going to take Josh Allen, are they that married to him? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, Todd. If the Packers were to bow out in the divisional playoffs or worse, is, is that uh, reason enough for Aaron Rodgers to say, you know what, I think uh, my time here is done. It's time to move on. No, because you could still lose in a game like that, but still like the team that you have. It's not – I think Aaron Rodgers wanted to have a say. I don't know how much of a say he's getting, but he brought in Randall Cobb. Now, you can probably uh, say, well, that's not a big deal. Okay. But he did want to bring in Randall Cobb, and there are probably a lot of naysayers saying, Randall Cobb? Well, Randall Cobb has made a couple of big plays so far this year. I don't know if that's enough to appease Aaron Rodgers. I have no idea. I don't know if getting married, your wife's an actress, do you want to be moving out to the West Coast? I think he did. I think he wanted to be with the Rams or the Niners, but those jobs are taken. I mean, everything on the West Coast is taken. Chargers got their guy. Rams got their guy. The Niners are going to turn this over to Trey Lance eventually. So where does he want to go? No. Does he want to go to Denver? Does he want to go to Carolina, Philadelphia? If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I stay in Green Bay. I mean, look at that division. Who's threatening? No. I mean, you still have Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, you know, in your conference. But so what? You know, get 12 wins, 12 and 5, host a playoff game or two, still got a chance. What other team gives you a better chance of winning another Super Bowl? Now, he might look at quality of life. Who knows? It feels like Aaron Rodgers is a yoga instructor who also goes out and plays football on the weekends. I mean, that's, he, he's got some zen-type vibes to him. Yeah, McLovin. You know, Denver's got sort of that new agey kind of like, you know. Yeah, but you got to get a new coach. You definitely need a new coach. And you and you do have some weapons there, but I but I don't know if that's I don't know what his game plan is because his game plan might not have as much to do with football as we think it does. Yeah, Paul. I wonder if it's going to come out someday that the Niners passed on Tom Brady to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo and passed on Aaron Rodgers to go draft Trey Lance. Because it, it appears that those stories have been out there. And if that's your legacy, that you both uh, had an opportunity to have Tom Brady, who wanted to be there. And according to other stories, that Aaron Rodgers wanted to trade to the West Coast. There's one spot open, and you decided to draft a kid from North Dakota. State. Yeah, I think that that's true. I think that the, the Kyle Shanahan should be on the hot seat. He's not, but he should be. He hadn't done anything. Oh, hey, last year, all these injuries. Okay, you guys went all in. You didn't, you didn't want Brady. You stayed with Jimmy G, and you traded up. You wanted Trey Lance. You got him. 
But, you know, were you interested in Aaron Rodgers? And from what I'm told, yes. Rodgers was interested in them. Let's put it that way. But Kyle Shanahan should be on the hot seat, even though he signed a long-term contract there. All right, one hour in the books, two more to go. Coming up in 10 minutes, we'll talk a little bit more about what Carson Palmer said yesterday about Mike Tomlin maybe being on the wish list for USC. A few other names to bring up. That's right after this. One more item. We close out hour one. Our good friends from Panini. If you're looking for trading cards, biggest superstars, hottest rookies, all-time greats, there's only one place to collect them all. Panini Trading Cards. Exclusive trading card partner of the NFL. They use iconic brands like Donruss, Prism, Contenders, National Treasures, and more. They deliver instant classic trading cards to the most popular players. Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, hottest rookie cards. There's something for everyone in Panini America packs. And more than just the NFL, Panini's also the exclusive home for NBA, UFC, NASCAR, and collegiate trading cards. Got matchups in week eight, Thursday night. You got NFC frontrunners, Rodgers in the pack, visit Kyler Murray and the cards. A lot of rookie quarterback talent on display. Trey Lance and the Niners take on Justin Fields and the Bears. Steelers and Browns squaring off in the AFC North. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards of the the Dan Patrick Show.